this, this morning we have before us a, a, a text that I, I believe its theme is in what we, what we just did, and, and that is God preserving his church and, and, and doing what he does. And so before we get started, um, I want to pray and, and ask that the Lord would anoint this time. Jesus, we come to you in your word, and we ask that you would draw us together and speak to us. We're humbled that you would preserve your word, that, that it might speak to us this day, this moment as you gather us together. We're asking, Holy Spirit, that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. We pray that your words from the ancient of days would speak to the depths of our hearts, mind, and our souls. We want to be moved by you. We want to be transformed by you. And so we yield and say, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church, let's welcome Ventura and our CARP campuses as we're gathering together. Let's give them a little special love today. We love you guys. We're, we're continuing in the book of Ephesians, so, so go ahead and grab your Bible and open it up. I'm sure it opens straight to there as we're reading the book of Ephesians. I would highly encourage you guys throughout the week in your yearly Bible to peek ahead. Read the book of Ephesians in its entirety that it would continue to minister to you throughout the week. Last week we left off at verse 18, and I want to start up by reading verse 11 again to give us context and, and to really uh, allow the word of the Lord to minister to us. So I'm starting at verse 11, Ephesians chapter 2. It says, Do not forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God made uh, to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now, you have been united with Christ Jesus, once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of the law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. 
together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come together to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because what Christ has done for us. And then he says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We are members of God's family. Can I get an amen? amen. Friends, this, this is amazing. And, it, and as, as I've been reading the book of Ephesians and as I've been doing announcements and even teaching last week, it, it, it really has done a great work in my heart to really think through what Paul is talking about here. That we're a family of God. There, there's nothing else that would have brought us together like this. Christ himself and his ancient design and what he has done on the cross, breaking the wall of hostility, has united us together with the Father and with each other, creating the family of God. The ancient design. This has been the theme throughout the chapters one and two in the book of Ephesians. You read this in chapter one where we, we talk about, or where Paul's talking about how we are chosen to God. Before the foundations of the world, we were predestined, adopted as sons and daughters to Christ himself according to the good pleasure of his will. We've been accepted in the beloved. We've been redeemed. We've been sealed. This theme throughout the book of Ephesians in chapter 1 and 2 has been very clear in that God is doing a work and reconciling humanity to himself, bringing about his special people. A new people. The family of God. That's us right here. As we look at each other, we are the family of God gathered in this ancient design to come before him. And I love what it says uh, right here in, in uh, verse 18 of chapter 2, that because of what Christ has done, we can come to the Father through the Spirit because of what Christ has done. It, it makes us acknowledge that we are sons and daughters able to come to a holy father. And this theme of adoption, this theme of being accepted, it's hammering down that there is an identity that you and I have. I love what it does in chapter two in the book of Ephesians. It reminds us of who we were. Chapter one reminds us of the identity of who we are in Christ because of what Christ has done. We're adopted, we're accepted, we're redeemed, we're chosen. 
But then in chapter 2, the theme continues of God gathering his people by reminding us, verse 1 in Ephesians chapter 2 says, you are alive now, but you were dead in your transgressions and in your sins. And then he goes on to tell us that apart from him and, and, and uh, separated from him, we were nothing. We were without hope. And by the way, it's nothing that you have done. There's nothing that we have done to earn this favor with God. It's not by good works should any man boast. So we can't ever say to each other and look at each other, look what we've done. We've gathered together to make ourselves the holy people of God. You can never say that. Because it's God's design. It's his perfect will. And the thing that's interesting in the book of Ephesians is, is, is these first two chapters, they're, they're very repetitive. Especially chapter two, very repetitive. Like the, the, the verses that I just read to you in regards to the wall of hostility being broken and, and the Jews and the Gentiles uh, being um, reconciled. And, and, and friends, it's important to, to recognize that repetitiveness in the Bible is for a purpose. It's not because God has a stuttering problem. It's because his people have a hearing problem. I recently was, uh, uh, it was last week, I took my son to his first uh, boxing match in Oxnard. And uh, the reason being is because my nephew was boxing. He's a golden glove and I hadn't been able to see him and finally uh, he texted me and says, hey Theo, I'm going to be in Oxnard. I was like, oh, I love this moment. And so I'm thinking this is going to be a classic situation. I could take my son, we'll go down to Oxnard and you go down the avenue. And it's, I mean, it's crazy town in Oxnard. Those of you in Oxnard, no offense, but it's... It's crazy town, brown town. So there I am. I got my son who's mostly white. He's a pretty pale kid. And we're in a gym like this, and there's like a handful of boxing rings. And uh, I went, and, and my, my son recognized his cousin, and it's just a sweet moment for me as a dad. And uh, I'm explaining to him the sweetness, the science the, uh, behind uh, boxing. And, and, then, and then, sure enough, um, came the moment where my uh, nephew, who ultimately um, won all his bouts, uh, he was there for the whole weekend. You could clap, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> so he won the match, but it was something that's interesting that, that caught my eyes is um, because... As uh, he would go in and, 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 you know, like any fighter, you, you, there's a, generally a game plan. And in the, he's, he's got his game plan, but then he comes back to the corner. What happens at the corner? Well, in the corner, you have your corner people. You have your trainer. You have your cut man. He didn't have a cut man because, I mean, he's, he's, he's not at that level. But he still had a corner. And what, what are the people in the corner doing? They're reminding him of the game plan. They're reminding him of the game plan. Keep your guard up. Move your feet. Cut off your opponent. The things that he's learned since he was three. The game plan in the corner is reminding him of things that he already knows. Well, why does he need to be reminded of these things? 
Because in the heat of a battle, stuff goes on. When you're watching the bout, it's like, dude, what are you doing? Keep your hands up. Well, it's easy for you to say you're not in the ring. You need a corner man. Because in the, in the heat of the battle, when you come and you hear the bell ring, unless you're winning, you're like, yes. Either way, you like to hear the bell. You come to your corner, your corner man's telling you, your trainer's telling you, okay, look, you're doing really well. You just need to keep moving side to side, bob and weave. You're doing great. Stick with the game plan. Stick with the game plan. Okay, get back in there. Then the fight is on. Our holy gathering, in our time together with the word of God, I I like to look at our Sundays as opportunity for us to gather as God's people to get into the corner after coming off of a pretty gnarly round, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday was a little rough, Friday was a little better, but here we are, our corner man, the Lord is speaking to us repetitively. He's telling us things that we already know, that we're adopted, we're accepted, we're redeemed. Our identity is in him. And yet there's a great need, brothers and sisters, for the repetitiveness of the word of God and the truths of God because we need them. We need to hear them over and over. That's why it's important that we remain in the word of God so that our corner man is able to continue to speak into our lives. When our guard is down, he'll tell us to put them up. When our feet are slagging, he will tell us. And so as we gather as his people, right now, there is a simple truth that he's wanting us to know. And that is through the blood of Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross He has made us his holy people. Verse 19 is such a simple verse, and yet it's so profound. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. And in that, there's so much depth And yet, a wonderful simplicity. I'm a child of God. I'm a part of God's family. The one who spoke the world into existence. I'm a part of his kingdom. He's my dad. There's a simplicity in that, and yet there's a depth in it. And, and what I love about Paul is that he's, he's done really well in, in repeating this theme of the wall of hostility has been broken. Reconciliation has come through Christ and what he has done on the cross. He has reconciled us to the Father. And in doing so, he's reconciled us to each other, which has made us a holy people of God, a part of his family. And and what Paul does here is he brings a wonderful balance, a wonderful balance to the truth. Because what he's done in verse of uh, chapter one is he's reminded us of who we are, our identity in him. And we took, uh, Pastor Britt did a wonderful job in taking us through our identity in Christ. 
But then in chapter two, Paul balances us really well by saying, but it's not through you that you've done anything. You were afar off, whether you were a Jew or a Gentile, whether you were a Jew and missing the mark by focusing on the rules and the law, or if you were a Gentile who were far off with no hope. What he does here, Paul does is, is he balances us really well because we need a balance. Because when we take balance of the truth, balance of, and, and that's exactly what the gospel does, is it brings balance to our life because we either go too far to the left or too far to the right. And let me explain what I mean by this. Needing balance of being too far to the left is the woe is me. I'm wretched, I'm not good enough, and you buy into the lies, and you get self-pitied, you get fear, um, you, 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 you allow the, the lies of the enemy to uh, speak to your uh, inadequacies, and it's in those moments that you, you need your corner man to say, no, you've been adopted, you've been accepted, you are God's people. Or, we need balance because we go too far to the right. I'm an amazing human. <laughs> I have this new identity and, and it's taken you to a place of unhealthiness such as the Jews, right? It took them to a place of where all of a sudden it wasn't self-pity, but it was self Help. It was self, um, how should we say it, confidence. So the pride of man slips in and we become arrogant, selfish, and stubborn. Somehow we take it as we can pull this off. No. See, your corner man would say, no, 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 no. Stick to the game plan. Okay, come back here in the middle and remember that you were wretched, you were blind. This is not about you. It's about me and what I'm doing and building my kingdom and gathering my people. You walk in the peace. Don't go too far to the left. Don't go too far to the right. It's so easy to go either way and yet we need to remain Balanced, allowing the word of God to speak to us when we go too far to the left or too far to the right. Because whether it's self-pity or whether it's self-confidence, it's all self-centered. And, and, and what Paul is, is doing here is reminding us that, friends, we're not strangers, we're not foreigners, we're citizens of God. And he's wanting us to really digest that. This morning, I'm, I'm confident that God would have for us to push pause on this text and soak, bathe, and really meditate on what that means. We're going to push pause on this text, verse 19, and we're gonna bathe and meditate on the truth that we have been called 
his holy people. And what does that mean to you? Well, we've set aside an extra time of worship so that we can come and take communion and remember what has been done on the cross because perhaps this morning you're leaning a little to the left and you need to be balanced. Maybe you're leaning to the right and you're actually not hearing me. (laughs) And you need to give ear to what the Spirit of God is saying. He's saying, let's pause as a family. Let's pause as a family right now and really bathe in this wonderful truth of who God is and what he has done in sending his son and gathering us. He's broken the wall of hostility between us and him and with each other. And with that, there's great reason to rejoice. I like what the psalmist says in Psalm 111. says this, praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should ponder them. Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. Friends, let's join with the psalmist in praising God, in pondering, remembering what he has done. And in doing so, let's be mindful of this holy, ancient gathering. Because here's the amazing thing about God, is God is able, and who he is, to meet you exactly where you are individually and equally, simultaneously, know where we are as a congregation. And his spirit is able to move amongst us. And now we're going to respond to this great and awesome God and what he has done. His majesty and his plan and his purpose that he would send his son. And that through his son's death on the cross, he would bleed a death that would cover and cleanse us. And make us righteous and holy before him. Because there was a hostility that would not allow us to come before the father. But now there's no need of a law. There's no need of any rituals. There's only a need of a Holy Spirit that would lead us into this acknowledgement. That Jesus Christ in his fullness fulfilled and pleased God the father. That would allow you and I to gather as his people. To call him daddy. To call him daddy. This morning we're going to ponder what that means. Next week we're going to talk more about this text and we're going to look and dive into that. But right now we're going to push pause. and Ponder and bathe on that truth. Maybe what that looks like is just gathering the people around you and, and huddling and just coming and, and getting on the carpets together or taking communion together. Friends, let's just bathe in the presence of our King, our God, our Lord, our Savior. And as we ponder that, 
Maybe if you're leaning to the left, hey, the enemy's lying to you saying, you're not good enough. You're not a part of this family. Remember what you did last night. Friends, you're adopted, accepted, redeemed, beloved. Your corner man is saying to you, you are a child of God. Maybe you know you've been leaning to the right, self-confident, moving ahead. You figured everything out. You got it. Be balanced. Come. Remember him. Jesus, this morning we're thankful to gather and remember what you have done. This morning we gather as your people, a holy people because of you and what you have done. And so I would ask, Holy Spirit, that you would even lead and guide us in this time of response. As we respond to your word, that it would be you and you alone who would take us, minister to us. I even pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to ponder, to meditate, and to contemplate what has been done, the work on the cross that allows us to be called sons and daughters. Have your way with us now, O King. Have your way with us. We submit to your governing authority. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, church, let's let's just respond and spend a little carpet time pondering and thinking through those truths. Maybe it's been a while that you haven't come up for communion and remembering what Christ has done on the cross. Let's do that together as a family, as children of the King.